You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Hardin, and today we're doing a special Christmas movie extravaganza. I'm joined by Olivia Haymond, and we are going to be talking all about not only some very popular holiday Christmas movies, but also we are going to be talking about one of my all-time faves, and hopefully one of your all-time faves too, Serendipity. We are going to be going in and cutting it up. We are in a series of deep dives lately, and we are deep diving right into one of those fantabulous Christmas movies that I love watching every year. And I also have a few other favorites we'll talk about as well today. But I hope that you guys will truly just enjoy the banter of two thinking types today going at it for who we each think each character is. And when Wes and I went to New York City, we got to go to the Serendipity Cafe a couple years ago. And I'll be going with a good friend of mine this coming February. So I told her, make sure that you are watching this movie before we go so we can go back again. But it's just a fun fact that if you are in NYC or you are near there anytime, this is a really fun little restaurant and cafe with delicious desserts and all kinds of knickknacks. It's a really cool place. And it is actually still off the beaten path a little bit. It does get super crowded, but it isn't It isn't impossible to get a table. So even after the movie. So, so much fun. If you're familiar with Serendipity, you know that this is a movie with lots of A-listers and we definitely always want to let you know who those people are. Writing credits, this movie was written by Mark Klein. We have John Cusack and Kate Beckinsale as the two protagonists who we hope will fall in love and they play Jonathan Traeger and Sarah Thomas. And then we have the excellent best friend Jeremy Piven playing Dean Kansky and Molly Shannon playing best friend Eve. And then we also have John Corbett playing Lars Hammond and Bridget Monahan playing Hallie Buchanan. So not only that, Eugene Levy is in it and he's the Bloomingdale salesman. So I just, this movie has a great cast and it was written very well, obviously, directed by Peter Chelsom. And now we can get into the nitty gritty with Olivia and I. So get in your Christmas jammies and have fun with us. Or if you're on your way to work, then just relax and enjoy the sleigh ride. I'm just joking. We're not in a sleigh, but we are having fun and finally letting go because we have such long, hard weeks and we want to make sure that we don't just make them all about the stress of, oh my gosh, I have to get to this play. I have to get to this event. I have to get to this party. I have to make sure that I don't forget this at work. And I know we all have to do all of that too, but we also just need time to chill. So consider this your weekend chill or your weekday chill, and let's dig deep and delve deep. And it's so nice to have Olivia back for this episode. We love our annual Christmas movie marathon fun. And just, she has so many different suggestions than I do that I think you guys are going to like. And you know, I get stuck on mine. You know, I get stuck on my LOTR stuff. I love You've Got Mail. I love Serendipity. I love While You Were Sleeping. Obviously, there's something theme-wise here. I like classics. So we're going to talk with Olivia about some modern movies as well. But this one, even my teen daughters love. So I hope you guys love too. And we will talk with Olivia now. Hey, Olivia, I'm so happy to have you back on the Enneagram and Marriage podcast. 
Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to be back. Thanks for having me. Of course. I know we both look forward to our annual Christmas review now. (laughs) So it's so fun. Thank you so much. This is going to be a blast. Yes, I know. Last year's was just tons of fun. So I can't wait for this year's episode because you had me watch a movie that I'd never seen before, but I had heard rave reviews about. So it's going to be good. It is. And I made my daughters watch it too at our dance convention we were at. And Melody, my nine actually said, mom, I'm really surprised this movie was actually good, which tells you she doesn't always like my recommendations, (laughs) but she's like, this was awesome. So as luck would have it, you could even maybe call it serendipitous. Uh, Somebody that I know randomly, like the day after was talking about how much they love serendipity and showing clips from the movie and stuff. So I'm like, what are the odds (laughs) of that? So, I mean, this was obviously meant to be. (laughs) It was absolutely meant to be. Chills are going up our spines right now as we get ready to review. But before we do, I want to just say, I love and miss you. And I, me and Jen talk about you sometimes too. We all have different gifts and I love hers too. And I wanted to say that I love that you are out there just killing it with doing your own thing. And we miss you, but we love that you are just embracing online marketing and podcasting and just, you're just running the show. I love it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I know. I always like, oh, working with Krista. Those were the days. (laughs) I probably talked about you like at least a couple times a week. (laughs) You are so fun. Well, and you went through seasons of lament with me. So this woman needs a loud standing ovation because I, we, but luckily I found out she has a four in her tri-type also. So that's probably why it was tolerable. And so she's a six, eight, four and your six and your eight are really close. Right. Yeah. So especially like being a counterphobic six, I always feel like I don't know what I am. And (laughs) you know, it's like a hallmark of being a six though. You're always like, am I really this type? Yes. Yeah, that's true. But I see it. And I love that you have that fire of the counterphobic six. And I know you have that. And I know you have that eight part of you. And like I said, the four was such a mystery to you and I, cause you have such a practicality and a wit and, and that just fours listening are like, don't you think we're practical and witty? Yes, I do. Because Olivia has shown me this. <laughs> I'm vouching for you guys. <laughs> yes. It's yeah. There's so many nuances to each type. So we're all different, but, um, let's talk a little bit about what we're going to do is of course, talk about serendipity. And I've pumped the audience up a little bit for this, but I also wanted to make sure that we talked about some other movies and also just first, even like, what is our movie motif? I feel like motif is nice. It's a very underused word. We need to bring it back. Okay, let's bring it back. Um, So what do you do in your movie motif? (laughs) Um, Well, I obviously have to have like some sort of snack. So I've always got Mm -hmm. um, my big thing is cauliflower crust pizza. I freaking love cauliflower crust pizza. So good. Um, So that or popcorn, (laughs) you know, standard popcorn. It's just what we need. Um, Mm -hmm. And then- I don't know. Mm -hmm. For me, like I have to be comfy if I'm going to watch something. I can't be the person that's like doing something else while they're watching a movie that they want to be invested in, you know, whereas like my sister, she can do that. And she, she like pops in at random times and still can get the whole plot. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, for me, I like uh, (laughs) being like on the couch reclined all the way with like tons of blankets, or Mm -hmm. I will wait until everybody else goes to bed and I'll watch a movie in my own bed and just like, Mm -hmm. you know, focus in on that. (laughs) I love that. And I love how you go to your nine space, whether it's your eight wing nine or your six in nine 
uh, just health, you're like, okay, I need my nine cozies. That's so fun. Yeah. I have to be comfy or else I'm not going to (laughs) watch and focus, which is cool. I think that you get more out of your movies anyway, when you do that Mm -hmm, for sure. Ah, well, I have to have my hot tea usually going and I love to be curled up with somebody. It's just kind of part of my stimming as a seven and how fast I run. Like you almost can't get me down unless you like lay over top of me and just like (laughs) wrestle me down onto this huge oversized beanbag we have on the floor. And I share it with my dog and I pet him and he growls and stuff like that. And then like Wes will scratch my back and, you know, so we're all like scratching each other's backs and of course hands in the bowl of popcorn as well. Um, possibly raisinets. If I was lucky enough to have those, that's amazing. That would be like a super treat. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I know what to get you for your birthday (laughs) and Christmas. (laughs) Then again, I have that seven thing going, so maybe not, but no, it's okay. I love it. And we all deserve our treats sometimes. So, so I still keep my treats in and that hot tea kind of goes when I am like no treats. Um, but I think (laughs) that we, yeah, we really have similar styles and that we both like to focus on the movie, even if it takes us different spaces and ways to get there. So I'm wondering if our audience, as they're thinking about their holiday movie viewing can be intentional. Like we are like, I know I want to watch a movie. I know this is how I want to do it. And I think that's really fun that you can do it even on your own too, which is pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I was going to say, as far as some of our other movies, before we get into our main movie, Serendipity, what are another couple of movies that you love to watch over the season? Gosh, this is like a difficult question. (laughs) It's like asking my favorite song. No, but for family friendly, um, one of my all-time favorites, and it's so ridiculous because I don't even know why I like it so much, Mm -hmm. but it's a good luck, Charlie. It's Christmas. I might've mentioned Mm -hmm. this last year too. I don't Mm -hmm. know, but good Mm -hmm. luck, Charlie. It's Christmas is so good. You can stream it on like Disney plus or buy it on Amazon prime. Mm -hmm. Um, But if we're going to be talking about types, I mm. want to mention the main character's type. Mm. So the main character, Teddy, I feel like, cause there's a series that goes along with the movie. Mm-hmm. So I feel like her main type is a self-preserving six. That's what she just strikes Ooh. me as. I don't know. I'm just saying. And yeah. then um, one of the other ones that is like a series you can watch. So there's three different movies. The third one I think just came out this year. It's called the princess switch and it's on Netflix. So if you have Netflix, you can watch it for free. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course, the Santa Claus trilogy. Yes, oh. you know, you can totally watch it. It's so good. Um, oh my gosh, I didn't know you love the Santa Claus trilogy with Tim oh, Allen. I love, I love that. love that. Awesome. We just watched the, the third one the other day. Okay, I was just going to say the third one is my favorite. <laughs> Martin Short. I, I know. <laughs> I love, I love Martin Short. Oh me my too. goodness. Um, <laughs> but I feel like I want to get your thoughts on this because this kind of stumps me. So I feel like the main character is Cal, right? I just had like a total brain fart. <laughs> it's okay. Is I it? think so. Yeah, I think it is. Okay. Wow. I've seen this movie for like two decades now. Um, that's fine. Anyways. Uh, I think he goes like before pre Santa Claus days. I think he's a three. And then I think once he becomes Santa Claus, he's like a one wing nine. Would you agree? Mm, I love that you just said that because I hadn't thought about that movie in particular with characters, but definitely was a three before and had to learn his, you know, just how we all have to learn our, our route. And yeah, seeing his wife with that therapist, new husband played by judge Reinhold. Um, I don't know if I said his name, right, but that's, yeah, it's kind of like, he has to swallow a lot of his pride and his glory 
And I think you're right. Like the Santa Claus that we think of has this good, there's a nine in there. There's a one in there. So that really is a fun fit. And because he's Santa, he can switch Enneagram types, right? True. True. I mean, he basically becomes a whole different person. So why not? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Oh my gosh. That's funny. And Martin Short is like, I I always think of him as a seven, but what do you think of him as in that movie when he's Jack Frost? Oh man. I mean, he is wheeling and dealing trying to get his way. (laughs) Um, so I don't know. I mean, he's very charming. Mm -hmm. He, uh, he can kind of like work himself into any situation. So I'm getting three vibes, right? Like that chameleon able to kind of like fit to whatever the situation needs. So I feel like probably a three. Mm, That makes a lot of sense. I, I really think that unfortunately we don't see the healthy threes in the movies as much, you know, it's like, but sometimes we do see them fun. transition. I know <laughs> it's true. It's we have to villainize to the, and the cunning. <laughs> oh yeah. We villainize our sevens and make them look dumb. We villainize our threes and make them look cunning. We just, we do our, ourselves in, but luckily a lot of our characters these days are getting backstory and redemption. And like we were okay, watching okay. rise of the guardians the other day and it has Jack Frost and they like do a backstory and I'm like, okay, everyone's getting redemption these days. This is so funny. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so popular. And you guys know that's happening out with the new Cruella. So I haven't seen that yet. Have you? Oh, no, I I am not like a big Disney movie person. If it wasn't on Disney Channel, I really have never seen it. (laughs) Not that I probably sit there watching Disney Channel these days, but um, Hmm. yeah, it's it's only like movies that I grew up with that I really love. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. And you really grew up. Did you grow up with the Lindsay Lohan parent trap group? Yes. Okay. I did. Yeah, yeah. That's fun. So we like that. those movies. Ah, well, let's talk <laughs> a little bit about, I mean, I could go through some, but we went through a lot last year too. So let's talk about our main movie feature for those who know serendipity. Olivia is amazing with words. So if she wants to give a quick vibe on what's happening in the movie, yay. And if no problem, if you don't want to, I will. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll try my hand at it for a first time viewer. <laughs> okay. So this movie, I, I had like somewhat high hopes going in, but also it's not my, my normal genre. So I was like, not sure what to expect, but I can happily report that I did enjoy it. Oh, good. Um, yeah. That's it was not so, an easy feat. I know. I know. You know how particular <laughs> I am. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was really interesting because it was like such a complex plot where, um, you just, it's like a bunch of stories intertwining at once. Uh, so I think it was cool to be able to see over the short period of time, there's so much stuff that happens. And then, you know, all of it coming together basically in a couple of days at the very end is like mind blowing. But mm-hmm. um, in terms of like the actual plot, the this guy and this girl meet by happenstance one, uh, was it Christmas Eve? I think it was Christmas Eve. Yeah. yeah. At, uh, or five days before Christmas or so. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it was right yeah. there. Yeah. So they're at a department store in New York and they're shopping and they come across the same pair of black cashmere gloves. And basically they like hit it off and they end up going uh, for dessert at Serendipity in New York City. And so uh, that's obviously where the movie gets its name, but it's really mm-hmm. cool because uh, she, the the main girl is like, you know, I'm not really into telling people my name. Like, I, I just want to see what happens. I want to let fate kind of guide me. And mm-hmm. so they come up with this complex way of if we're supposed to, you know, find each other, we will. And uh, then it fast forwards. And now the guy main character is getting ready to get married and is starting to have those 
thoughts of like, but what if this amazing mystery girl is still out there? And so when, when the pressure, you know, gets, <laughs> gets to him, he's like, I have to go find her. And yeah. so then he tries to find her and um, it's a crazy, crazy story. Yes, it is. You did it so well. It's yeah, it's such a beautiful movie. And we actually, Wes and I ate at serendipity in New York after watching that movie. And we just had such a fun time going there and just, it's just such a good movie. If you haven't seen it, if you have, I know you're like, yes, I'm rewatching it this Christmas, but (laughs) it's, it's, I think even better than the holiday in a lot of ways, because a lot of people last year on the survey and you did it with me, they said they loved the holiday and that's awesome. And my girls and I already watched that this year and we loved it. But this one is like, it's got that mystical element. Like you said, it's like anything can happen during Christmas. So, so I feel like it's okay if we tell you a little bit more about it, because I feel like you've already seen it. And if you haven't, you're probably like, either I'm going to shut this pot. Well, I'm not going to say that. If you haven't seen it, you're just like, okay, this sounds so good. Tell me more. So basically she ends up really even postponing her own plans, which started to get hot and heavy. And then he starts to, as you said, Olivia, get so serious about it that he's now on this mad hunt for her and clues keep popping up. And all the while you hear the commentary of his best friend, Dean, who's saying, oh my gosh, this is actually ridiculous, but I love you because you're so passionate to his friend and you're, you've been awakened from the dead. And that'll be a clue as we talk about types, but basically we have, um, just his friend. I mean, yeah, his friend is just like wowed by his passion. And now we have her best friend. Who's the skeptic. Who's kind of a worn out skeptic. Who's like, oh my gosh, Sarah, seriously. And that's her name, Sarah, but she's like, seriously, Sarah, like, you're going to drag me back to New York city even though we've already let this thing die. Like you had this whimsical moment years ago and now it's back and you're still on this whole, like, I have to find this guy. So it's a really shocking discovery when they actually find out that both were in sync and both were looking for each other. Right. It's totally crazy. I think the best way to describe it is this. It's like a really well done Hallmark movie. Do you know what I'm saying? Like Hallmark movies, it's like obviously pretty <laughs> cheesy, at least in my books. But I know some right. people that like are yeah. diehard Hallmark people. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. Yes. Um, literally the most like clean, nice, pure movies you could watch. So it's probably a really great thing that you are watching those movies. Yes. But this is like a really nice uh, Hollywood, like cinematic version of a Hallmark movie that has a little bit more depth in terms of characters and that gives more backstory than Hallmark usually does. So I think it's really cool. Mm -hmm. If you do like that kind of movie, but you want to like a little bit better and like more spaced up, this is the one for you for sure. Yes. Even if you have to pay $3.99 for it or something, it's totally worth it. So it'll be a great (laughs) night and it's a great date night movie and it's a great on your own movie. Or I know I'm having um, people over on December 21st to do like, just hang out, finish up your Christmas wrap. Anybody can come over like kind of a thing. And it's, something like this playing would be fun. Now, obviously, because I love this movie, I wouldn't want to like always watch it like this, but it's this kind of movie that you can really have fun with, with your girlfriends or anything. So I'm so glad. And we'll type these characters. I hope you guys are typing them with us because we'll share on Instagram what we think it was and what you think it is. But, but I want to ask you, Olivia, we love to do this where we each write down who we think is which type. So 
let's start with some of the minor characters first. Um, I don't know how many minor characters you did. So I'll just share my minor characters if you didn't do some, but did you do the best friends by any chance? Yes, I did. I did. And I am, I'm really, you're going to go first because I want to hear your thoughts because you know this movie so well. And I, I feel like I have two types for everybody because I just like mm. don't know hundred percent and I only watched it once. So I'm, I'm very curious to hear what you've typed them as, because I feel like you're going to bring a lot more uh, wisdom if you will, into the situation. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You are so sweet. Like I am not the best at typing. Like I love, and I love when people come to me after they know their types, but then I just say, you know what? It's a movie. I'm going to type somebody. Jeez. You know, (laughs) I'm allowed to, it's a movie. So it's Jeremy Piven plays Dean Kansky, the best friend. And I typed him as a three. And actually speaking of which, Hey, we were saying threes get a hard time in movies. He plays a really nice guy. He wants his ego to be seen. He writes for the the New York Times, but he writes the obituary section, but he doesn't tell people that he's like, I'm a Pulitzer Prize, New York Times winning author. Ha ha. And so I think he's fun. He's witty. He has a very strong nine vibe going too. So there's definitely that piston or ping pong going back. What did you think about him before I go on and on? Oh my gosh. He, okay. At the, um, at Jonathan's uh, rehearsal or whatever dinner that he had, his little like maybe it's an engagement dinner. I don't know. Yeah, at yeah. The beginning of the movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. he is such a riot. I was listening to his <laughs> speech. And I'm like, this guy is so funny. Um, As his I groom's think, toast. Yes, yes, that's what it was. Um, but it was so much fun, and like he was obviously fine with like making fun of himself and and looking silly, and he didn't care. And it was like he was gonna do whatever he needed to do to be there for his best friend. And I was definitely going back and forth on the types that I chose because of, of how we see him in the beginning and then how we see him towards the end. Mm. But he's such a cool guy. And like, you know, just to echo the sentiment of threes, never getting like nice characters in movies. He's so awesome. And he's a great representation of an, of really healthy, fun three. And I think we need to see more of that in movies. Oh my gosh. You thought three, two. Yes. I thought oh self-preserving God. three. <laughs> oh, I love how deep you went with that. That's beautiful. And I really enjoy self-preserving threes. I think they're, I mean, they're very one-ish and I think that they're just some of the most charming and funny people and he's super funny. So I love that analysis too. I think the, the best part is when I don't want to spoil it for anybody. So if you haven't listened, maybe, or if you haven't watched the movie, maybe skip ahead like 15 seconds. But yeah. when he and Jonathan end up going to Sarah's house in California and the whole scene on the lawn where they're like tackling yeah. each other, trying to, he's like, yes. oh, don't look. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's a, that's a good guy right there. <laughs> it is because they think they see her being sexual with, uh, somebody else. And it's like his heartbreak moment when it's like, you know, that climactic moment of the movie. And you're like, Oh, that's like a good word for that scene. Too. Oh, no, <laughs> but basically you're like, no. And the best friend is like, I do not want you to see this. And that is the heart of a romantic three. You're right. It's like the hugest heart ever. Let me take one for the team. Oh my gosh. Beautiful. So that's Dean. And he, his last speech in the movie, when he writes the obituary of Jonathan Traeger, who's the main character, 
is one of the most beautiful speeches in all of movies. Did you like that? It was so good. And I thought it was so, (sighs) it was just honestly kind of genius. Like it was, it was such a cool way to kind of wrap everything up. And it does take a lot of uh, wit in a way, even though it like was a sad situation, it was still pretty witty. Uh, And I think it was just cool that he was able, like he knew his his best friend so well that he's like, I'm going to write this for you. And I'm trying to write like your, a speech for your wedding. And it came out like this. It's just like, again, another serendipitous moment of like, this wasn't supposed to be. And I just think it was so cool. And that's, it was kind of because of that. And a couple of other things that I was like, is he a six wing seven? Cause he seems so loyal and, um, like he doesn't mm-hmm. want to be the center of attention, mm-hmm. but then with the other things about like, you know, mm-hmm. kind of being like, Oh, I, I work at the New York times, but not telling anybody that he does like, obituaries <laughs> and like, you know, some of the other funny things that he does. I was like, I just, I'm not hundred percent sure, but he's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Agreeing that there's the whole three, six, nine vibe. So for those of you who know the Enneagram really well, you know, that's kind of like the middle triangle of the Enneagram. So he's got that going on. He's a blast. He's witty, but he doesn't always have a handle on his own love life. So beautifully, when you see different story arcs going and the side character story arc, um, is the one that kind of gets brought out too. And that's what happens for him. So we won't spoil every little thing, but yeah, his story arc comes out beautifully through watching his main, um, his main best friend's story arc happen for him. So yeah, we influence each other. Our glow rubs off on each other. All right. So what do we think about her best friend? Her best friend Eve is played by, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting her actual name. I'm going to look it up. Okay. (laughs) Before I say that, because she's totally my, oh, so, okay. Now we're going to talk about her best friend and she's played by Molly Shannon. So Eve is her best friend and she owns a kind of like a mystical shop where they sell candles, like, you know, your, oh my gosh, Cupid's arrow kind of stuff. And it's, it's definitely kind of like, wow, you're a little bit out there, but Mm -hmm she's very grounded in actuality and she's actually sadly kind of playing people, which I hate that she does this, but she kind of plays people and she's selling them a line, basically all of her customers. Cause she doesn't even believe in her Casanova candles and incense and all that stuff. So that's her best friend, Eve. She also cracked me up. Cause I'm the, the scene <laughs> you're talking about where she's like, Oh well, yeah, the candles in there as well. It's going to be so great. She's like, this, this doesn't even work. What a loser. You know, like it's, it's yes, just funny. <laughs> but my favorite That's part my is- favorite part of her, but it's horrid. It's so bad, but I'm also kind of like, you know, I mean like good on you for jumping on the bandwagon of something that's like working. You know what I'm saying? Like I couldn't do it, but I think it's kind of right. sick that you can, like, that's what's up. But, <laughs> <so funny>. um, <laughs> but I was like, okay, who could I see doing this? Because I do feel the loyalty there, but she's also kind of like, um, I don't even know a good way to put it, but when you see her talking to, um, Jonathan's fiance, Hallie, Mm-hmm. And her like weird thing about like, oh my gosh, you're here. And she, she kind of like, she doesn't invite herself, but she like almost does. And she's so bizarre about the whole thing. It makes it awkward, yes. um, but like in yes. a nice way, she makes it awkward because she's so excited. Yes. Um, so I'm like, I don't know what she is, but I feel like with the whole shop of like, you know, she doesn't believe in any of it, but she's doing it to make bank. Yeah. I th- immediately was like, okay, is she a three? That's like getting on this bandwagon because she knows it's going to bring in cash. And again, if so, like, that's awesome. Uh, so I was like, maybe she's a one-to-one three. Mm. 
That is a really good analysis of her. And I, this is so mean, but just like the old Michael Scott days when I wouldn't claim him, I'm like, sure, let's put her to, you know, threes. But really, I'm like, is she a seven who's gone five and who's gone rogue of like, I have lost my mystical wonder and I'm just like off, you know, so. Did she have the mystical wonder is my question. I don't don't think think she she did. I did, but then I think she gets it back. So we have a believer. We have a Christmas story in the end. Um, So I think she loses it for a while. She's, if we can say this term in this way, this is so ridiculous, but she's deconstructing. (laughs) Now she's reconstructing. And so it's, it's, she's a funny character, but I, I love that you saw some like, Hey, I'm witty. I'm going for it. I, can get on the bandwagon. I saw some, oh my gosh, thinking triad. Like she used to be full of faith. Now she's lost her faith and she'll, again, story arc will come back for her too. So fun character though. You're right. Molly Shannon was really funny on Saturday night live days. Oh my gosh. I didn't know she was on SNL. That's hilarious. Yeah. She and Will Ferrell got their start together. So those are like really funny old days. Oh my old days. Honestly, the old days are the best days. I mean, truly SNL back in the day is I know. the best and the only SNL I will watch. <laughs> it was so you're right. Those classics were the best. And even when I was in middle school, I was watching because they were already like, oh my gosh, these are so good. So you and I probably have seen some of the same ones. Um, So yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the guy who's the store clerk. I mean, he is a side character, but he's really funny. Did you have it? Did you have any vibes from him? I think the the only vibe you could possibly get from him is a one. He is like <laughs> he's like, you know, extremely careful about following the rules and like upholding the company, but he's also kind of a sucker when he makes when he makes Jonathan. He's like, you know, I'll tell you, but I haven't met my sales quota, so if you want to, you know, want to buy a tie and also like a three-piece suit because the quota is you know up here and you're currently here um that was so funny so I'm like I don't know what's going on but uh mm-hmm. it was Dan Levy right or Levy I don't know that's what it, I but... was trying to figure out his actual yeah. name okay yeah from um Schitt's Creek yes yep yep, yep. Him. oh my gosh that dude is funny but yeah he has to be a one right Yeah. I had him as a one wing nine because I was like, he's clearly not in the right field in this way. Like he's not (laughs) wanting to help. Like he's a store clerk who is like many of our listeners probably. And I'm sure we've been there during the retail times. You're like, I cannot believe I work retail right now. This is insane. It's Christmas. But he isn't like that one who's like, oh my gosh, like I'm just here to help. Like my good friend Claire works retail. And she was talking to me about like, she is so kind and she has a very strong two, seven, eight vibe. So for her, working retail is fun. Not when people are mean, but like it's part of her who she is. And she works at Aveda and it's like a great fit in the mall. And so what's not a good fit for him is this job. Like he needs clearly to go work at home. Like a lot of my nine friends and clients love to do if they can. Um, and, and the one part of him is obviously the stickler, like rules are rules. So he cracks us up. Him with the counter is like one of the best parts of the movie. And I love that it comes back around at the very end where they're like celebrating their anniversary of yes. Jonathan and Sarah. Yeah. Oops, I hope I didn't spoil it. Um, no. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> I think it's one of those things where it's like, you know, they're going to Oh, together. right. Right. Exactly. Um, but no, it's so funny. He's just like, this is, this is the line. And if you cross it, like I'm going to come for you. Uh, uh-huh. And not in, not in an eight way, but in a very one, these are the rules and I'm following them and I'm going to uphold like the company policy type of a way. 
Exactly. And I love how, like being married to one, I know that they do it for good reason. And so I love Jonathan's line. Um, when he's like, he warms up and I was like, yes, he warms up. <laughs> like He totally does. He totally does. Cause he was like all for helping him, but it was like, he was going to do it by the book as much as possible, which I think is right. like the very classic one thing to do. Exactly. So he was a good guy. So I love it. So, okay. So let's talk about the people who sadly are pretty nice side characters, but just didn't get ended up with. Um, and that's always hard. Just like in sweet home, Alabama, when Patrick Dempsey doesn't get Reese Witherspoon, you're like, Oh, he's such a nice guy. This is how you feel sort of ish for the two side characters. But I will add They did give us just enough of a dislike for them, in my opinion, that you're actually happy they didn't end up. Is that how you felt? I don't know so much about Hallie. I felt like she was nice. Like she didn't seem like I didn't get any red flags from her. Uh, The other dude, Mm. uh, you know, I know him from To All the Boys I Have Loved Before. Yes, I love that. But, you know, I was like, whoa, whoa, my (laughs) man. disaster like you have gone <laughs> off the deep end and you're a cheater and we have problems Ooh, you caught Is that too I thought yeah, he, so too he's totally cheating right well his brother his agent said I keep um he goes no you pay me to keep away the bad news so I kind of took that as cheating but I don't oh oh you thought that when he saw in the window that that was him cheating yeah. No, that was the, the younger sister. Sarah's younger sister was staying at Lars's house and it was her. <laughs> okay. So backing up. Okay. The guy <laughs> Sarah does not end up with her yeah. former fiance at this point is named Lars and he's played by John Corbett and he, okay. um, but Kate Beckinsale is the main character that was dating him first. And and he, he let her younger sister and her boyfriend watch their house. So when you were referring earlier to Jonathan and his best friend going to the house and the best friend trying to not let him see that sexual scene, it was the younger sister and her boyfriend having sex. Oh, okay. I swear. I thought it was Laura's because I, yeah. the I guess they yeah. just look really similar. Cause I'm like, yeah, oh, the <laughs> they worst. do. They both oh have long gosh. blonde wavy <laughs> Okay. 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 That's what it was. I, cause I was just no, like, Oh, it's okay. Cause I already had my six wing going where I was like, I think his manager said he keeps away the bad news, meaning he's like totally covering for him. So mm-hmm. anywho, that's a possibility. So you did not like him in this movie. I, I mean, I did cause his character was so off his <laughs> rocker. It was just, it was funny. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, but I was like, Oh, this is so sad because when I, when I tell you more about what I think about Sarah, I'm like, this guy's totally different than, than her. And she's sort of conformed, I think, to his way of doing things. And so I'm like, oh man, like this guy's funny as a character, but like, mm-hmm. you know, what I, what I want someone to end up with him. No, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't seem to care much about her. He kind of is like, yeah. I'm going to do what I want to do, but like, you know, you're going to come with me, but if you don't want to, then I don't really care. Yeah. And it was like, it's my way or the highway kind of a feeling. Mm-hmm. and you're less important. And so in that way, I thought he was an unhealthy eight. And I also saw some love and some helping in him. And the fact that he wanted to share his music with the world, he's a musician. Um, he also wanted to let them house it. He was like, this is family. A lot of eights are very loyal to family and they understand the desire for fun and freedom. So I felt like there was some good traits to him and he genuinely cared, but it was the unhealthy part coming out of 
you know, I have to have more, I'm, I'm watching my video and I want to make sure like, why isn't everyone inviting me for a feast at the end of my music video in the village? And, you know, just really more and more and more, even though you were already getting a lot. And I also felt like he was taking Sarah's whole personality into himself with lust. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like give her back part of who she is. You've taken too much. Is that how you felt? That's actually a really interesting breakdown because I wasn't quite picking up on those things. I was getting much more, I hate to like say this again, but I was getting more of the three vibe similar to the best friend, Sarah's best friend, because it kind of felt like he was like, didn't he have like another band before? Isn't that kind of what they were talking about? And it's like, mm-hmm. now he's, now he transitioned into this because it's like the hot thing to do. And like, it's going to bring in more people. So I felt like, okay, there's like some forethought here of like, you know, maybe yeah. like, mm-hmm. maybe this is going to work for me, but also he's like, why aren't these people <laughs> throwing me a feast yeah. and stuff like that. And I felt like yeah. that was more of like wanting to be in the spotlight versus wanting like, yeah. a, like a lustful thing. Does that make yeah. sense? It does. And I mean, I can see it going both ways in the three way. I noticed that he was like, I want you with me. And when she says, I need a weekend to think about things when really she's going off to look for this mystical union with Jonathan. Um, I think that she, he picks up on that as a three would, um, threes are very good lie detectors. Um, and they, he was like, Hey, I showed up at your hotel. Like I want time with you. And I think also threes really want time together with their person. So there was, I can see why you thought he was a three. Yeah. And definitely. I think one of the funny things is he, he is very like family oriented and loyal, just like a lot of threes are. So, because they do have that connection to six and the connection yes. to nine. And I think it's cool because we see a lot of different parts of him oddly as like a minor character in the movie. Mm-hmm. And so um, him showing at the, at the hotel, I'm almost like, I didn't quite know if it was manipulation on his part of like, oh, let me come here all like sad and I need you and I'm not, you know, or was it genuine? Yeah. So I didn't quite yeah. know if it was, if it was the thing of like, I'm going to adapt to the situation or if it was genuinely like, I really care about you and I was willing to come all this way in order to see you. So there's a lot yeah, of different things. I where I also was like, is he a yeah. seven? Cause he seems yeah. like he, maybe it's like he hops on the next big mm-hmm. thing because he's just like, well, this is boring. I want to do this now. Or I want to do this, my music video, prolong the experience. You know, it's like, had mm-hmm. we had more time with him, we would have been able to come to a determination. Thank you. I agree because we could have even gone to with him of, Hey, he likes to have his love, his family, his connections. Mm -hmm. He likes, you know, that, you know, I'm important. I'm needed. He really in the video, he's saving a village from starvation with his music. He's lulling them like the Pied Piper. (laughs) It's so weird, but you know, not that twos are weird, but he just does that. And so two, three, uh, seven, eight, all possibilities with John Corbett. And we need more time with him now. All right. We have, um, he played opposite of the ex-girlfriend in it too. So that's fun. Um, my kids and I watch in Ramona, we watch, we love Ramona Quimby, Ramona and Beezus and, um, Hannah's named after them. So Bridget Monahan, I think I'm saying her name, right. Plays Haley or Helly, the girlfriend of Jonathan Traeger, the fiance, and she is, um, like I said, she plays opposite John Corbett in Ramona and Beezus. I took a long time to say that. 
Oh my gosh. Okay. I grew up like, I think I was in middle school when Ramona and Beezus came out. And so, uh, of course, like Selena Ooh. Gomez was the yes. you know, best thing since sliced bread growing yes. up. <laughs> yes. So I was like, no way. And also Joey King. I mean, you know, I love Oh yes, I do. But yes. anyways, I love that this movie has a lot of connections to things that I grew up with because this movie obviously came out when I was pretty young. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I think it did. And I love that it has those connections for you. Like it was really kind of you to watch it with me. And then you got a blessing. I'm just joking. <laughs> but it, now my mom wants to watch it. Yay. Oh my gosh. Your mom is going to love it. I'm friends with her mom too. Her mom's a five. Okay. So shout out Bridget. And then we're also talking about Bridget Monaghan. Bridget. So, and not to confuse people. So anyway, Right now though, seriously, this woman had me just, I felt the same vibes as you did. I felt really bad for her. I just want to start out by saying that's, it's really hard when you love somebody and you're good to somebody and you've put in a lot of time commitment to somebody and hard isn't even the word for it. There's not words. And then they just fall out of love with you. Oh, that's what I feel for her. Huh? It's really sad because I feel like, you know, it was kind of easy to find things to potentially hate about uh John Corbett's character and so this one it was like she literally did nothing wrong like if anything she's been so supportive of him and every scene that we see of them together like Mm. she's she's great for him and so it's just sad that like you know it's it's unfortunate to see good people get hurt yeah but that's what the story's about right yeah it's true and I think that she's um very one or two I think two wing one or one wing two were my analysis with her. I saw her anger and frustration come out. And I, if I was to say two wing three, it wouldn't work because a two wing three wouldn't be able to handle all the times Jonathan leaves and goes off to find his true love. A two wing three would have been like, where are you right now? Like you're not going, there's no way you're out of here, you know, or a social two. So it just, the fact that she's so, and, and I'm not saying that's bad because um, they would have been on it, but the fact that she's so honoring and kind and caring, I was just like those or a possible nine. It just it broke my heart for her. Now the anger, why bring an anger triad is there's one moment that stands out to me because it's, I think it's an important one when he's trying to talk to her about something important. And it's almost his last stand. Like I'm going to give up on my thoughts about finding somebody else, my true love before I get married. And I'm leaning in and looking and listening to you. And then she interrupts him and it's like, we need to yell at the person who's the janitor of this place, the super, the superintendent. And she starts to bang on the heater and yell and be rude to the person who's coming to fix. And I used to be in apartment management and I know how, you know, people don't always get treated right in that field or especially if they're working maintenance. And so I was sensitive to her just yelling at somebody just nasty. Yeah. I was like, uh Oh yeah, for sure. And that's kind of one of the things that honestly confused me about her because it seems like she's totally fine under the radar all these other times. And then this like set her off. And so I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Like it made it really hard for me to figure out a type for her, but I definitely think one would make sense because it would be like she, well, she talks about the fact that 
they've come to fix this things so many times, so many times before. And it's like, yeah, hey, isn't it working? And so she yeah. gets irritated that someone didn't do their job correctly. And now it's affecting her. And so I yeah. do see where a one would be like, this should be working because it was fixed and you didn't do your job the way mm-hmm. that it should have been done. And so now I'm having to deal with the consequences, which mm-hmm. obviously like rightfully so it's frustrating. Right. Um, but right. I, I definitely think all the other situations together would make for either the two, one or the one, two. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. And she's a great person. And I know I have a one arrow and I could be that person in the movie. So I'm hopefully not because that was my field and I wouldn't want to do that to anybody. But I think that we all have to remember, like whatever the types are, we have our weak moments and our good moments and she's a wonderful person. So, um, it is unfortunate that she doesn't end up with him, but luckily she and John Corbett get together later in Ramona and Beezus. So the two, the two fiancés <laughs> do end up together. Okay. So there's my seven happy ending for them. Now let's talk about our main two characters. How about you tell us what your thoughts are about Sarah? And then I'll tell about Jonathan, if that's okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so for Sarah, I struggled and I told you yes, about you this did. one. Yes. Um, so initially I'm like, well, she loves spontaneity and this romanticized idea of life, right? She yeah. enjoys helping others to better themselves and her job as a therapist. And she definitely subscribes to the idea of fate and kind of letting that control her decisions and her life. And she yeah. likes leaving things up to chance and thinks that it's, uh, again, like this romantic idea of, well, anything could happen. And so yeah. the one thing that I think is interesting is she equally seems very grounded, but when there's even a glimpse of, of possibility for something, she's like, you know what? I just got to go get it. And Mm -hmm. so it was very interesting Mm -hmm. to try and figure out what's going on. But initially I said a seven wing six social or Mm self-preserving, um, because I felt like she has the groundedness of the six where she's like, you know what? I need to give up on this. I need to just stay loyal. And, um, Mm -hmm. you can't be lost in in Neverland forever type of a thing. But yeah. she also had the, the, um, rose colored glasses thing of a seven and, um, especially of a self-preserving or was it yeah. self-preserving? Maybe it's a social seven. I'm forgetting yeah. now. No, that's things, the social. But, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think it's really cool because there's this duality to her that I think the seven wing six is really perfect for. However, yeah. I did also wonder if she was a one-to-one nine because of the way that she kind of abandons mm. herself to yes. John Corbett's character. And it's just like, yes. I'm not into the hippy dippy thing, but like, I mean, if you want to be, then I'll become super hippy dippy. And yeah. so I was like, what is going on? And also she obviously wanted to get uh, married sooner and he wasn't kind of getting it going on that end. And so then when it happens, she's like, oh, okay. And, and it's like, oh, we're going to do all these things. And then he's like, John Corbett's character is like, well, I'm doing something different now. And she's like, oh, okay. And just abandons what she wants in order to merge with somebody else. And so I'm like, is she a nine? I don't know. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You did a great job with that. I had sexual nine going. I had sexual seven going because Um, social seven can be like, everything's great. Like rose colored glasses, but sexual seven can be like in the dream world and pulling Eve along. Like when Eve was like, 
I don't want to go on any kind of like charades with you and escapades. Like, is this fake? Are you tricking me? And she's like, no. And then she was. So I was like, that's a very selfish vibe right there is you didn't even think of your best friend. Like that hurt me to see the way she treated her best friend and lied about her true intentions. But I was like, that could be a very unhealthy seven move. And then I also, of course, like we already said, the nine vibes majorly, 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 where we're just begging for her. Do not give yourself up for a guy who doesn't see the beauty and who you are and, and the plans that you already have set. And of course I was like, I was touched by the plans she was trying to make for her and her clients. Cause I do that all the time. I do that a little bit too extreme. Cause I'm in the planning triad where I'm like, these plans are set. I can't change them. And sometimes you do need to allow plans to change. And I know that's hard for us in the planning triad five, sixes and sevens, but anyway, so nine, seven. And then my other analysis was her, for me, I was thinking nine or four. Um, and so I really kept feeling the, um, a lot of the four clients I have are very mystical in the way that they feel that everything should be a perfect union and that spirits will line up. We'll have our romance when it comes to us. We do not have to seek it out. Things come the way they're meant to come. But unfortunately, when you live like that, as she found out for many years of her life, it was, it was hard to just maintain practicality because there was nothing like they do give you enough backstory to say these people looked for each other for years to no avail. So like you can't live your life forever like that. And even though we might make the argument, yes, eventually it was totally serendipitous and it was. She had to make some moves. She had to get on a plane, get that going. And maybe fate would have done it anyway, but there is a sense of we need practicality and fate. So I did see a lot of four, especially young four who is like all mystical, if that makes sense. I have never heard that about a four, but that is so interesting because I'm actually, you kind of perfectly described what I know of this one person. And I'm like, Ooh, I wonder that would actually make sense if she's a four, but, um, that is really interesting. I think Mm -hmm. the one part of that, that would confuse me. And maybe this is people listening would also have the same confusion. Mm -hmm. She doesn't seem very emotional. Like I would assume a four in that situation Mm -hmm. would be. And also Mm -hmm. fours that I do know, I feel like they would be so gutted about Mm -hmm. like not finding their love and wouldn't really be able to like I guess that's a good uh, point, you know, reel it back because you see when she's with that client, um, when we see her years later, she's like, you know, don't, you can't just live your life like that. Like give up on it. And I feel like the four Mm -hmm. would still be like sad about even the topic. Does that make sense? It does. And my brother being a really strong four, Mm -hmm. um, would be like, never give up on true love, you know, but I think that even let me put it this way though. He's been through a lot and he would say, once you make a commitment to somebody, you stick with it. So I think fours have a lot more nuance than we realize too. Like there might be a season of a fours life where they're like, I get the romantic idealism and I do mourn and I lament and I have my drink or whatever on new year's Eve. Cause I'm thinking about it and longing for the past. And I'm in contemplation about it. But at the end of the day, I'm going to go back to my one arrow and do what's right. So I think it's possibility, but she's a young character. It's doubtful that she's worked that all out. And so I love how you're like, I don't know. That's yeah, that's a good check on me for her being a solid four. there's some four elements, but maybe not a four herself. No, I, I do love that though, because I think we do miss the fact that fours can be very tenacious. And they do have that connection to one. And so they Mm -hmm. feel the need to follow through on things when they've said yes. But that's, Mm -hmm. that's interesting just because I know a lot of people are probably like, well, I immediately assume fours are more emotional and we don't see that. So I'm like, this is a good chance to ask the question. (laughs) 
No, it's a great question. I love it for our audience too, because sometimes the four, especially self-preserving four might go and have that time of lament in private. And that's how I am in my four, um, subtype is I will go and have my lament in private. And I think that's what some would do is maintain a cheerful countenance on the outside, but some would not, you're right. Some would be flailing on the ground. And so I like how, you know, you're like, but, but can we do that? And it's like, I don't think we can solidly give her a four unless it's in her tri-type. So love that we've got a four, seven, nine for her, because obviously I know why I like this movie now. Um, and my good friend and coach on my team, Melissa loves this movie too. And she's a two, seven, nine. So I see why we both love it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That makes so much sense. I love it. Yes. And let's talk about our last and final character of the movie, Jonathan Traeger, the hero of the story. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. (laughs) You like him. Do you think he's a good actor? John Cusack? Yeah. I've seen him in something else. I cannot remember what it was, but 16 um, candles. He's a teenager. You've seen him in runaway jury. One of my absolute favorite movies. Okay. Maybe you haven't. Um, I, I, (laughs) I, okay. The only, this is a confession time. The only, uh, John Hughes movie that I like is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Everything oh else I God. hate. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so I haven't seen yeah. him in 16 Candles. Yeah. yeah. But I've seen him in something else that was like, I guess, more recent than, than those yeah. movies. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's so funny because he does this really great job of being a little bit like harebrained, but also like kind of slothy. I don't know. It's like, it's yeah. the perfect mashup of, of the two. If he was like a seven and a nine into one, yeah. that's him. <laughs> yeah. You really did just encapsulate who he is because there are a lot of seven and nine vibes with him, which is probably why I ended up typing him to be a six wing seven because the six is going back and forth to nine. And then such a funny side, six wing sevens are very witty and funny as everyone knows about you. And so, (laughs) so I love how he's just like, you know, that is twisted and sick to her. Like when she won't give her name and just funny little witty commentary that he throws in and out. Um, of course, as you were, you know, alluding, we have some nine vibes going because he gets woken up and Dean, his best friend, when he's writing that, uh, that obituary about his friend, he's like, wow, I never knew such passion was in him because he's the thinking type. And he was just making his plans with his life without passion. And he was like, oh my gosh. So it's really fun when you find a six who finds their passion, who lets it out their reactive types ultimately, but oftentimes with worry. And in this way, I think it's similar, like, but it's an emotional worry. Like, oh my gosh, I'm about to marry somebody that I don't like. And I'm freaking out. And I feel like a seven or a nine might just say, I'm doing it. It'll be fine. I'm rationalizing it as a seven or I'm a nine. And I have a check in my spirit, but I'm not listening. And I think a lot of sixes would do that too, to be honest, because they're not trusting themselves. Well, what do you think I should do? But I feel like that was what made him so brave is that he stepped into his courage and he, he was like, I'm not being honest with myself. I don't, I don't love this woman that I'm about to marry. That is fascinating. I am, I'm taking that all in right now because I was wondering if he was a six, but then I was like, I know 0% of sixes that would be like, I'm going to go get on a plane to the other side of the country for something that may not even work out. And, you know, it's like the night of my wedding rehearsal. 
cannot even imagine that is insane. And and I'm probably like one of the more bolder sixes of the, of the three. And so it's like, uh, yeah, Yeah, I I doubt, I doubt he would. Um, because he definitely seemed more of like like the self-preserving six. That's like the two-ish kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. But I actually, said either one to one, two or one to one, seven. Sorry. If you, I don't know if you use sexual or not. I like either one. Yeah. Either one. So I kind of felt that because it just like back to what you were saying about Sarah, Mm -hmm. this sort of dream, like fantasy thing. And he was willing to like completely ditch his other plans uh, in order to do something I mean, what he did was pretty selfish because he put a lot of other people out, you know, mm-hmm. that came to the wedding or uh, his fiance and her yeah. family. Like, I mean, that's, that's a uh, lot. So I, I know like he did it for, for good reasons, but it impacted a lot of people negatively. And yeah. so, and especially cause he didn't give any, anybody like a heads up. There was no, Hey, I think I have reservations. It was just like, yeah. I'm gone. No one can find me. No one knows where I am. Mm-hmm. And um, if I feel like a seven is really good and a two actually. Mm-hmm. would be very good at hyping their friends up about joining them on a mission, you know, because mm-hmm. I think you need the best friend who's going to be like that six, that's going to be with you, but they're not actually yeah. having to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was really fun. He has the, the kind of eyes wide open or not eyes wide open, but like the, the like mystical part of him. That's like, there could be something out here. And he looked so hard. And every time he saw a book stand or a bookstore, he went and looked for this book and, you know, he was just always searching, always searching. And if you know twos, you know, that they're extremely tenacious, just like fours. And Mm -hmm. I feel like he never gave up. Whereas Sarah kind of gave up in a way she, she gave up by like sleeping to her her desires, if that makes sense. And so mm-hmm. seeing him, I was like, I definitely feel like he has the the deep love in his heart of a two, mm-hmm. but also the, the crazy, like, I, I'm going to just take off and go do this because it's now or never of a seven. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I love how we both met with him on seven because I said seven wing and you said seven. And I think that's what we both saw is that, that feeling of I could do it all. And I've talked about that when you're young and you're a seven, you're like, I could do it all. Now I wouldn't have done that on my wedding day by any means. And I am a wing six. So maybe that's part of that, but it's, it's the absurdity of thinking you could get on a plane, still come back and make it in time for your wedding. That Nothing's going to go wrong. That makes a seven, a seven sometimes. <laughs> um, and so I think that that's, yeah, a very key point we're making that he had some of that going and he wins in the end because he was right, but it's at the cost, like you said, of a very dear fiance and an entire expensive wedding and parents on both sides. And so it's just love will save the day kind of a feeling. And I think that a six has a lot of, I mean, sevens can have a ton of morals and have their one space going, but a six often has such loyalty that it's an even farther stretch. And I love that he's neurotic enough to have a lot of six traits. And so it's funny. We initially thought of her as a seven wing six and we merged toward her more being a nine. And I almost think we're ending with him being more of the seven wing six. Potentially, potentially. Cause I feel like there's just, I mean, like having this conversation is stressing me out. Like, how could you, how could you get on a plane to the other side of the country and drive to her house and expect that you could be back on the other coast? 
for your rehearsal dinner. That's uh, that's hours. Like, horrid. That so stressful. Like going to the airport stressful. That is a disaster. So I'm like, I, I definitely, I feel you on the six. I do, but mm-hmm. I feel like the duty is, is just too strong. Ooh, that's good insights. Him. Yeah. That's really good insights that our sixes can be diehards for doing what is right. Mm-hmm, for, sure, wow. for sure. I think it's so cool because even though like he, he went about it all wrong, I do mm-hmm. think it's a, a great example of the links that sevens and twos will go to, to fight yeah. for what they believe in. And even if it sounds crazy and if everybody else is saying this will never happen or, you know, your head's in the clouds, they're like, I still believe and I'm still going to go for it. And we yeah. need more of that in the world. And I think this is, uh, in a way, a really great representation of that. I do too. That's a great reminder. And I think twos are, as you said, some of the most tenacious people in the world for that. And I've known a lot of twos to see the person that they wanted and go for it, especially the two wing three, um, where they're like, I found my person. I went for it. I, I laid claim and I've got him and look at what a good guy I got or a good woman. Um, and so I think twos being heart types, there is a heart knowing sometimes. And so that pushes them on when they're like, I feel it so strongly. And sometimes there's somebody that they might get with, who's not a heart knowing person. And just because the two was so strong and that I know we're meant to be together, it can bring in a lot of good vibes. And that person might say like, wow, to be chosen by you to be loved is such a gift. So that might've even been just so flattering to Sarah too, to think about like, oh my gosh, she's been looking for, for, for me all these years. Like, oh my gosh, what a cool romantic story, right? It's so true. I I do find it really interesting. And I even want to tie in what you were talking to me about on text, like a week ago with tropes to see if you think that there's one that like they align with. Thank you. Because we definitely wanted to talk trope here today too. And I love the tropes that are like lovers meant to be. My daughter, Melody loves the enemies to lovers tropes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) She's so funny. I love it. That's so her. It is. She's hilarious. And then do you have any favorite tropes or do you see any particular tropes here? Man, I feel like the isn't there one like the, the dreamer, something like that. Mm-hmm. It's like a, the dream couple or something. I don't know. I'm saying that all wrong. hundred percent. No, but it's true. Yes. There's something like that. And then the other one is the, um, the trusty sidekick. I feel like that's definitely Jonathan's best friend here. I mean, it has to be right. Yes, it has to be. And it's, I mean, I always resonate with the sidekicks in movies more. Sadly, I always joke with that, but like, seriously, I'm like, I'm that sidekick or this sidekick. And so, like I've said before, kind of cynically, the twos are always like the main people. See, we landed with Jonathan being a two, but, but actually like that. And I don't want to be in the limelight. So I kind of love that sometimes people do pull forward a trusty sidekick role. And I think that that's a really cool thing. And some have enough energy to be in the central role. But, um, I think that they just, it was nice to see the side characters given some kind of recompense. Like he actually ends up with his wife. And it's like, a, it's like almost like the person listening to this podcast. Who's like, I had no passion in my life. Then I heard about somebody who had passion and now I'm going to buy my wife roses because you have heart man. So trust, uh, trust, uh, what trope would that be of like, you know, this trusty sidekick gets the girl, you know, like that's a great side thing. 
It is really good. And I think it's fun that it happened before the main characters did. I think it's interesting that like he really had his own separate moment and he in the end was the one who kind of like was pulling Jonathan along of like, hey, you showed me and, and you've been a like force of good in my life of just showing me what to do. And now if I can say anything to you, it's going to be do the same thing in your own life. Like don't give up because if I would have given up, I would be giving up on like the greatest love of my life. And so mm. I just think it's cool that he had a separate moment and he was able to pull Jonathan up from the depths of despair of like, she's gone. And to yes. now being like, you know what, I'm going to go after her and I'm going to still do it. And he, in essence, saved a marriage along the way. Oh my gosh. That's beautifully said. And it's just a beautiful movie because not only do they highlight, don't get married to somebody if they're not the right fit, if you have reservations in your spirit. Um, but also if you're already married and now you've just hit a wall, like the best friend and his wife, it's worth fighting for. And so he found heart, he found passion again. And I just don't think there's a better movie in that way that you could say like, Hey, Jonathan, if you look down the road after they're old and gray, they're going to have some times like this, Jonathan and Sarah. Um, and the best friend is the foreshadow of this is what's coming your way, but don't lose the heart because I saw that you lost it before. And even though your years with Hallie were like, okay, they could have been so much better and brighter had you had full heart. And so luckily he ends up with Sarah. Um, then we have Dean ending back up with his wife and I guess Olivia and I are just happily ever after on this movie. I love it. <laughs> I know it's so fun, but it, just to like go back to what you said about like, yeah. I'm always the sidekick. I always relate yeah. to the sidekick. Honestly, <laughs> the sidekick is the best place to be because if you've ever seen one of my favorite shows on earth, psych, watching- I keep wanting to watch it and I haven't yet. You have to, because the, the trusty okay, sidekick, watch. Gus, he is so funny. And honestly, a lot of the humor is like, is from watching his face as he's reacting to what the main character is saying. And he's mm-hmm. the one that inevitably is, is like the funny one of the group. And it's like, Ooh. he never gets the, he never gets the glory for it. And he's freaking hilarious. <laughs> his facial expressions alone are enough to watch the show. But I just want to say <laughs> sidekicks are often the place to be because why be in the spotlight and deal with all that crap when you could be <laughs> the best friend of somebody in the spotlight and get all the perks, but none of the crap. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Spoken like somebody with a true seven wing. We're like, That's how true. can we manage this? Because this is too crazy. So I'm just going to step over to the side. So that is what I love that we just got to just do that. We, we got to be the sidekicks on this movie. We got to be the critics. We both loved it. And that was the best that you watched it. We also got a chance to talk a little bit about Tim Allen in Santa Claus. So that's a fun one. If you do have kids or even if you don't. I actually have another recommendation for somebody Ooh. that's like, I don't want to watch like some, you know, sappy romantic movie with mm-hmm. a, a main character that I, I actually think is a five. Ooh, so, or maybe, maybe like a, I don't know, she's a five or a nine. You'll have to watch the movie and let me know because I think it's one you can watch with the girls. Um, uh-huh. But it's called The Age of Adeline. It's one of my all-time favorite oh, movies. And it takes place on New Year's Eve. And so it's like in, in the theme. Um, but... I think it's cool because she's much more reserved and like down to earth. And I definitely get like five wing, six, fives, maybe five wing mm. four or like yeah. maybe a nine wing eight. You have to watch it. Let me know what you think. But oh, if you're not into yeah. the super romanticized thing and you want something a little bit more grounding, that's a really cool movie to watch. Also, I if you want to come or would love that. Yeah. Oh, I know. Oh, she totally would. She totally yeah. would. But if you want something that's just straight funny and like not, you know, 
not necessarily the romancy type thing yeah. holiday and handcuffs is one of the oh. best christmas movies on earth period oh, really oh my gosh it, thank it's you so it's my five mom's favorite christmas movie and oh my gosh um, is it um is it appropriate for all ages ish? um ish probably like 13 and up okay uh, gotcha. I think it's rated i think it's rated tv 14 it originally okay. came out on abc family which is now freeform so you can probably get it on demand there but i actually just scored it at goodwill for like 99 cents so <laughs> not fair <laughs> coming over to your place <laughs> i know no but it's so good so if you if you aren't like oh i don't love like the super romantic typical holiday movie then those are some good options if you still want to enjoy the holidays but in a different way. (laughs) Thank you for loving on our fives listening and not that they don't love the romantic too, but like, I love that your five mom likes that one. And, uh, also you told us about age of Adeline and Mm -hmm. yeah, that's very five-ish from what I've seen. So I'm so glad we get to talk all the types. I feel like everyone was represented and we tried to give, um, some impressions on each. So you will have to tell us what you guys think about this episode. Thank you so much for doing it with me, Olivia. This was a blast. Oh my gosh. I had so much fun. Thanks for having me on. We'll have to do another (laughs) annual Christmas movie one again next year. We'll have to come up with some good ones. Definitely. It's your turn next year too for me to watch your movie. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I am so glad we had that fun together. I hope that you will be watching Serendipity this week, this weekend, grabbing your honey for a date night. Olivia was so fun and sweet. After this episode, she brought me a copy of Serendipity and well, we actually met at Starbucks, but it was so wonderful to see each other. I'll have to share the pic on IG. And if you don't regularly listen, tune in every Monday, or if you are looking for a relationship guide, make sure you take a look at our Enneagram and Mary glow guides because I give tips for every type with every other type for communication and they make great stocking stuffers and communication in all areas including date night your intimacy life so make sure you check that out at enneagramandmarriage.com along with our brand new enneagram and marriage glow relationship planners because if you want flexibility and fun and all kinds of love those are great. And don't forget to use the code relationship planner for $10 off. And that will help you as you are getting started on getting your healthiest and happiest relationship too, so that you can be a real life serendipitous story. And if you love this show or you love this episode, please make sure to leave a five-star review over at Apple podcast. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful weekend or week. Bye guys.